Welcome to the Press On Podcast. My name is Justin, and I am so glad you are joining us today. It's been a great week. We kicked off our clothing brand last Friday, and we've begun uh, uh, making and fulfilling um, some of our very first orders. And so I am just so excited to be able to offer um, another avenue to get our message of pressing on and perseverance out into the world. So if you're interested, our first shirt launched Friday. Uh, you can log on to pressonbrand.com or you can check us out on social media. Just um, at pressonbrand. You can find us at Facebook and Instagram as well. So um, I hope you'll take that and take that message and share it with the world. Um, share our, our brand with other people so they'll know about it as well. Uh, our goal is to launch a couple more designs this spring. We're already hard at work and like figuring out what they're going to look like, what colors um, and things like that we're going to be using. And so I'm excited. Things are going so well in that aspect. But another thing I'm really excited about is that today we are wrapping up the book of Jonah. This book has been nothing but action from the time it opened in chapter one. Um, and today we're closing out with more drama. And Jonah is drama filled. That is for sure. So remember last week uh, we read that Jonah finally goes to the city of Nineveh. He, he, he tells them, hey, God's about to destroy you. And then the Ninevites, they, they repent. And then God uh, had compassion on them. He, he relented. He did not bring the destruction that he had threatened them. And that's where we pick up with this really interesting um, thing that happens with Jonah. It says this, but Jonah... But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeting to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. And then the Lord replies, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah goes out. He sits down at a place on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter. He sat in the shade and waited to see what was going to happen to the city. Then the Lord provides this leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head, so he grew faint. And he wanted to die, and said, Wouldn't it be better for me to die than to live? But Jonas, God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said. I am so angry. I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I have not concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are far more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. And so, uh, pretty much, Jonah is so mad that God decided to save the city of Nineveh. He actually says, I would rather die than see this city saved because of how wicked that they were. And, and that is dramatic. I mean, he was very quick in the belly of the well to to pray for, for forgiveness and repentance for himself, but yet he cannot find it in his heart to forgive the city of Nineveh. He can't bear to see them saved. No matter what they've done in their past, he's holding it against them. 
And luckily, God didn't hold anything against Jonah, and God didn't hold anything against Nineveh either. And so in the end, God pretty much says, Jonah, like, this is not your concern. I'm taking care of them because I, I care about them. And just like I took care of you. And Jonah just cannot wrap his mind around it. I call this big brother syndrome, syndrome and this is what I mean. In the parable of the prodigal son that Jesus tells later on in the New Testament, the prodigal son, he, he pretty much says he wishes his father was dead so he could have his inheritance. He goes and he wastes his inheritance. Um, he has no money. He's eating pig slop. And he decides to go back home, and the father is so ecstatic. He throws a, a giant party. They killed the fattened lamb for this son. And, and the older brother is so upset because the older brother is the one that stayed. He worked hard. And yet the younger brother is the one that got the rewards. Uh, and and we, we find it hard in our society today to forgive and I think we pacify that. I think we make excuses and say, well, well, I forgive them, but I'll, I, I'll never forget. Uh, and I understand that to a degree. Uh, but I mean, we look at scripture and it says that God forgives, but not only that, but he forgets. Uh, our sins are no more to him. Um, and, and I think we're supposed to imitate God in our lives. Not saying I'm perfect at this, but, but. Uh, it's something I could work on a lot better. But forgiveness is one of those hard things because we don't want to put ourselves in a position to be hurt again. But I think that's a defense mechanism for ourselves because there's nowhere in Scripture that I can see that says you should do that. In fact, I once heard a, a pastor not too long ago say uh, that forgiveness doesn't mean that, that that relationship needs to be restored or you let those people back in. And I would actually disagree with that pastor. Uh, because when I look in scripture, over and over again, you see these restorations of, of relationships. Matthew 6, Jesus says, if, if one of you are, are coming to make a sacrifice at the altar and you're holding anything against a brother, you must go and make things right with that brother before you bring a sacrifice. How does that relate to today since we don't make sacrifices? I take it as our, our act of worship. I think it's really hard for us to truly worship if we have anything against somebody else. And so before we can truly worship, we need to lay lay that down and go make things right with somebody else. You look at the book of Philemon, and this is essentially uh, Paul saying, Hey, I'm sending this person that had hurt you before back to you, and I want you to treat him like a brother. Because he's so important to me. And I know he's messed up and he's he's made mistakes. Uh, but God ha has been using him. And uh, God is restoring his life. And I believe your relationship can be restored. It's hard. Forgiveness is such a hard thing. Especially when we feel like somebody else deserves punishment. And so when we see good things happening to them. When we see God uh, using them. We, we get angry. We get upset because we remember how much they've hurt us. Uh, but but maybe we shouldn't remember the hurt that they caused us. Maybe we should be excited that, that God is turning people's lives around and using it for the kingdom. Maybe, maybe we should work on trying to restore those broken relationships. Here's another thing about not restoring relationships, not trying to reconcile things that have been broken. I think God made us all to be unified. 
And people make mistakes. People hurt people. I get that. I've hurt people. You've hurt people. But that doesn't mean that, that we have to have that brokenness forever. I think God is calling us to, to live in unity with each other. Not just ignore it and say, oh, I forgive them, but I just don't want them in my life. I don't want anything to do with them. But I mean true restoration and unity. I think it is vital to the body uh, of Christ. Because if we have a divided church, then we can never further the kingdom. We want to make an impact in this world. We want to show who God really is. It starts with being unified, a unified front. I don't know. Maybe maybe you disagree, and that's okay. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, write into us, pressonpod at gmail.com. Uh, it's, a, it's a touchy subject, uh, but it's one that I think we need to have the conversation about because uh, nobody nobody's really talking about it. Everybody's just kind of sweeping things under the rug or... Uh, and by sweeping things on the rug, they're holding on to grudges and saying they're pacifying it by saying, oh, I forgave them, but my way of forgiveness is just forgetting about them and not even thinking. Um, and that's not what true forgiveness is. Uh, and so I would love to hear your thoughts. So write into us. Uh, but as you wrestle with this, like maybe you, you have somebody in mind or, or maybe you're the person that's hurt somebody and you need to reach out for forgiveness and say, man, I really messed up, but God, God is doing a work in my life. Um, and I just want to say I'm sorry. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to reach out to somebody and forgive them and start working at that restoration. I don't know what it looks like for you, but whatever it is, we want to encourage you to do one thing, and that one thing is to press on. Can't wait to see you next week. Until then, adios. Adios.